What are the secrets of those extraordinary individuals that have achieved extraordinary success? Listen to their stories, discover their knowledge bursts, make those connections. Get ready. It's time to start moving forward. John Lim here, and we're moving forward with JT Tran, a coach and expert in the field of dating, confidence, and leadership, and founder of the ABCs of Attraction. A former NASA rocket scientist, JT has guest lectured at Harvard, Yale, Penn, and Rutgers, and has been a keynote speaker and life coach around the world. JT has been featured in New York Magazine, Men's Health, and on several media outlets, including NBC and ABC's Nightline, to name just a few. Hey, JT, how are you? Hey, John. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us today. I'm really excited to have you on the show and to have you share a little bit of your insight, your knowledge burst, and your story with our listeners. So, JT, I only touched a little bit on your background. I was wondering if if you could fill in the gaps and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and share a little of your career journey with our listeners. Well, it started off probably very typical of the uh, Asian kind of, you know, straight A student and being raised by a tiger mom where, you know, we as Asian kids. <laughs> for, for our <laughs> listeners, can you define what a tiger mom is? Tiger mom is like an Asian parent that pushes their kids to have straight A's, um, do well in school, go to college and get a very stable career like doctor, lawyer, or in my case, engineering, or specifically aerospace engineer. I I became a a rocket scientist because I wanted to be an astronaut when I was a kid. And I I did that for a while, but one of the things that I I learned was there was this sort of like unspoken language that was in the undercurrent of corporate politics and then government work. Um, And I had been exposed to it because at the time when I graduated from college and pursued my, you know, career in aerospace, I was also a failure at dating. You know, I'd moved all the way out to California and I was just, just, you know, absolutely at a loss as to why, even though on paper I was the perfect boyfriend, you know, I drove a Mercedes, um, lived on in a house on the beach. I was making six figures straight out of college. Right, which is you know a bit on the high yeah, end for like, aerospace. For many, they they consider that the pinnacle of success. Yeah, yeah, and I'm starting off like that, right? And on paper, I'm the perfect boyfriend, but I couldn't get a date for the life of me. I did everything that you're supposed to do. You know, my mom tried to set me up, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I, I did like speed dating. I did online dating. Um, online dating, I like did like eHarmony and you have to do a personality test and mm-hmm. I got the result back and it said that, you know, JT, you are too analytical and too cerebral. We cannot find a match for you. Oh my goodness. Wait a minute. Yeah. So you, you mean to tell me that, uh, you, it, it, the system actually told you we can't find someone for you? Cannot find someone oh. for me. Apparently I was too intelligent and you broke the system. I did. I did. And, you know, they say, like, you know, love shouldn't be rocket science. But even as a rocket scientist, <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. Uh, so I was just trying to study data. Like, what am I missing? Because I did everything that society and our Asian culture and Asian parents told us that we should do in order to be successful. And I stumbled upon, like, this sort of, like, seduction underground community uh, that was spearheaded by, like, Neil Strauss and Mystery uh, 
some of your listeners might have seen the show, The Pickup Artist, or have read the New York Times bestseller uh, called The Game by Neil Strauss. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I read this article in the LA Times and it, you know, talked about they were giving these programs about dating and I went and I took it and it just changed the course of my life. Because at the time, I thought that if I worked really hard, whether it's at dating or whether it's corporate life, then I would be recognized. And after studying just human psychology and and communication, I realized there's a lot more to it than that. So I became a little bit more successful at dating, but I also saw like parallel um, currents in corporate life because, you know, when I was hired on as entry level, there were five of us. And the three of us who were minorities, we were just like promoted, you know, average. It was like frustrating. And I just started learning more and more about just communication and this unspoken language, whether it's love or, you know, corporate politics. Until one day I quit my job in aerospace uh, as I was getting more successful with girls. And I had just gotten tired of corporate, you know, corporate life. And I started up uh, some real estate, moved back to Texas. And, you know, at the time I was a little bit, you know, uh, at a loss as to what to do because I didn't really want to work for like, quote, unquote, the man anymore. And I had started this blog called the Asian Playboy blog, which was sort of like sex in the city, but for Asian men. Hmm. Right. I talked about my adventures, my misadventures in dating and all my lessons learned. And I was like one of the very few. Asian Americans doing that, putting myself out there. And it gained this really huge following until one day this Chinese Canadian mother called me up to help out her son who had been harassed in high school. And I was like, you know, this is a huge responsibility. And I told her over the phone, ma'am, for three days and three nights, I'm going to be the big brother he never had. And that's where I came up with the ABCs of attraction, which is just a mnemonic device, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F. Because I figure that if you're Asian, you might not speak English as a first language, then so long as you know your ABCs, uh, it'll be easy to teach. So that's how I came up with both the system and the company. And like I said, there's just this huge need in the Asian American community for the services that I end up you know, accidentally providing. Because I never set out to do this as a job or a career or start a company. It was something that was sort of like a call to service because so many of you, I mean, I'm sure you know some friends like this that need this sort of help because our culture doesn't really emphasize it. Yeah. You have the stereotypes of the media. So there's definitely a demand in the marketplace for it. Well, JT, so let's talk a little bit about this. So uh, for our listeners, can you d- define some of these? Uh, so like you found a really interesting niche and I think y- you are best known as a dating coach. So can you... Uh, or a relationship coach, can you distinguish what that is compared to, say, a pickup artist? Well, I started off as a pickup artist because that was where there's a lot more practical application in pickup than a lot of the sort of traditional relationship advice that you might find. And you have to realize that with changing technology and changing kind of dating mores, uh, that this is, you know, this is sort of risen to the occasion where men have to figure out all these new dating techniques because it's different. It's not like, you know, what it was 50 years ago. And especially for us Asian guys, it's very different because what could my Vietnamese stepfather have told me about dating in America? Right. Like absolutely none. 
And over the course of my career as a founder of the ABCs of Attraction, what I've found is my clientele, who are typically white-collar, highly educated, 20, 30, 40-something Asian Americans, most of them just want to have options in their dating, date quality women, and potentially find someone to settle down. So there was a transition period where I started off as like, quote unquote, the number one Asian pickup artist in the world and transitioned to more like dating where it was more about self-improvement because again, it was the demand of of my audience and clients where they just want to, you know, have more dating options because they feel so constrained by society and, you know, they're and from there, I applied more holistic methodology of emphasizing both self-improvement, but also applied practical techniques that they can use right then and there to get instant results beyond just the platitudes of saying, be yourself and be confident. Like That all sounds nice, but you can't use that advice and make something happen. So I have to balance getting instant results from our clients, but also making sure that they can grow into something bigger. Because if at the end of the day, you know, pickup is sort of a very selfish pursuit and all you're doing is like worrying about yourself. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But when you're trying to have a long-term relationship, you know, you're going to be a couple, you're going to be part of a pair and you, you, it can't simply be about yourself, right? right. You want to develop yourself into a better person so that when you're ready to be in a relationship, you can, you know, you're not in this set of sort of like codependency or worse, like some sort of like narcissistic leech off yeah. of her. Yeah, absolutely. So, so there's that, that fine balance that I have to draw. Well, what I like about your story, JT, and for Moving Forward listeners, is that your own story very much reflects your evolution in your business. So you started out really just trying to better yourself. And over time, you were able to really evolve that business so that now you really see sort of a higher purpose with the clients you work with. Mm -hmm. And in turn... I thought I think what's really amazing is that it spilled over into your career as well. You were in corporate America. I was in corporate America. A lot of my guests have been in corporate America and and you came to that aha moment, but I think it's really interesting that it all started by looking at an aspect of your personal life. And I think that is just a huge takeaway because really the mindset of being your best self, right? To be a confident person. That's not just restricted to your dating life, but it also has impact in other areas areas like your career and now you're an entrepreneur yeah yeah i mean that's that's of any great product if you think about it you look at your life and you say like what do i need what what would i buy right now to make my life better and like i face this problem a lot of men in general but especially asian american men face the same problems that i faced and then it just became the service that like so many people needed um, like I didn't create this problem. I just learned how to deal with it. And JT, one of the things that I think is very interesting about your business, and uh, as you know, uh, recently Leonard Kim, who I had on the show, we wrote a piece for Inc. And mm-hmm. uh, we referenced one of your videos. And it's what, what's really interesting is how you've really used social media. So can you talk to our listeners a little bit about how social media has really been a part of your business? Right. So originally it was blogging. This is back in 2005 where when blogs were like the new big thing, right? Yeah. Um, And 
Now there, there are other channels where you can reach your audience, but originally it was Asian Playboy blog, and we've I've experimented with other different types of social media from Instagram to Facebook, and now YouTube. About like a year and a half ago, I made a very concentrated effort to sort of dominate YouTube, and it's definitely paid dividends because previously it had been like search engine optimization where, you know, through Google where people would find me and word of mouth uh, or reading my blog or whatever sort of news outlets, you know, I've being on national television and, and newspapers. But now a lot of people find me through YouTube because YouTube is the second largest uh, search engine, yep. right, after Google. And they're both owned by Google. So, you know, especially in dating, it's it's one thing to write about it. And then it's another thing to, to show to it. Show it. And yeah. Especially for men, we are more visually stimulated. So, um, you know, I want to educate, but also want to entertain. Yeah. And, and so it's definitely helps where I went from like 4,000 to subscribers and I get like 10, over 10,000 in like six months. Wow. And it, it took some doing, but, you know, um, any word of advice I could give to people trying to, go in and dominate social medias, pick anywhere between like one to three, nothing more than that, because then you're just going to sort of dilute. Yeah. Yeah. For a while I was like trying to do everything and it was, it was just too much. So I, now I just choose like blogs, you know, Facebook and YouTube and YouTube has definitely helped a lot. Well, JT, as someone who does so much, how do you get inspired each morning to conquer the day? (laughs) Well, uh, it's it's sort of like positive reinforcement. Um, you know, I, I wake up and I, I do like to play like a top 40 kind of Spotify uh, playlist, but also just going through, you know, my, my text messages or my emails. There is this, you know, I don't want to you know, be crass about it, but getting any kind of messages from like my girls as well as any sort of like revenue that's being generated that passively mm-hmm. it's sort of just ringing that cash register both emotionally and in your pocketbook just makes me feel good you know that having that both emotional validation and financial validation as well as any kind of like fan mail um that I would get from fans that's you know that's really interesting and what I do is I'm sort of like this quote unquote like internet celebrity. Mm-hmm. So I get a lot of people that hit me up, you know, praising me or hating on me or asking me like questions and advice. And so I get, you know, this sort of validation like, hey, my work is important. Right. And then obviously seeing it, you know, seeing the numbers in your bank account and seeing like people buying your tickets. I'm like, hey, this is pretty cool. Because originally when I was working for corporates, uh, corporations, you're living paycheck by paycheck. Yeah, you're not getting right? those kind of emails in the morning, are you? Yeah, yeah. So here I'm getting validated emotionally, financially on multiple levels, yeah. right? Just, you know, so there's sort of that idea of like multiple streams of passive streams of income. Here's like multiple like forms of validation that, you know, if one went away, I'd still have other things that would make me feel good. Well, JT, as you know, Part of the career and entrepreneurial journey is about facing setbacks and failures. And I know you Mm -hmm. talked a little bit about that in the early part of your career. But I was wondering if you could share a time maybe uh, on that entrepreneurial leap when, you know, when you went from working in corporate America to starting your business, a time where you faced a a failure or setback 
and an important lesson you learned about when it's the right time to pivot or shift course? That's a great question, and I was thinking about that earlier. Um, and I've gone through different sort of transitions, you know, with the evolution of the company. But I think one of the most important ones was, you know, the transition, like I was saying, from pickup, just hardcore pickup artists, to more like traditional, like dating and self improvement. Because at the time, when I was building up the business and building up my brand, I became very sort of legendary in my particular uh, subculture of being this hardcore pickup artist. And I was doing like crazy things, taking out students, getting amazing reviews. Well, what ended up happening was you do that and you know, for a year, two years, three years, and I'm teaching like almost every single weekend and it's fun, it's incredible, but after a year or two, I just experienced like massive burnout. Yeah. Just like massive, massive burnout. And I'm sure that any coach or, or public speaker that's very active can identify with what I'm talking about. Like you want to give of yourself, but at the same time, if you were doing what I was doing, you know, and part of my lifestyle is to party. So it's like, right? And I'm like laying it all out on the field, 110%. By the end of like a year or two, I was just like, I'm just like, I can't handle this anymore. I've got to bring on more people. I've got to take this more professionally, more serious because I was making a lot of money, but I was also spending it, right? I really wasn't reinvesting it. I was just like literally just partying and enjoying that lifestyle of traveling to different countries and cities. And, you know, I end up just having to take a step back to reflect and just hit pause for a second there. And that's when I decided to take on more team members and just to sort of outsource more of the work, but also take it more professionally. Mm. You know, I started like, you know, I incorporated instead of being just a sole proprietor, um, started like, you know, instead of doing everything sort of like as a, a single point failure where I am doing just sales and tech support, you know, I started bringing more people or like outsourcing in and training up uh, coaches that could kind of be like franchises under me. But I had to take that moment like, you know what, I'm just physically, emotionally, and spiritually just wrecked. And this business is – I'm running it more like a hobby. I'm making a lot of money, but I'm like just spending it all, yeah. not reinvesting it back into the company. So I had to take a, a, a step back and say, you know what, instead of doing 110 percent, I have to do like 80, 90 percent, like enough to satisfy the client, get really good reviews, make them happy. But I – you know, but I've got to last the entire way. It's no longer a sprint for me. It's a marathon. Yeah. Because yeah. if I, I didn't transition, I would just have burned out completely. And also raising my prices because that way I don't have to teach as many students, you know, making the same or if not more revenue than I was. Um, but by teaching less students, but at higher prices, it was easier. And it was also um, more quality clientele. They weren't as, as, um, I guess difficult to deal with because someone who is willing to invest a more significant amount of of you know in the price will take it more seriously because sometimes some of these guys were just like you know just really like what I call pitas pain in the asses. You want a dedicated client that really wants to change yeah. as opposed to someone who's a dilettante. So yeah. you know that was my I guess my failure I guess so to speak and my pivot. 
a couple of big takeaways that I think really, really hit home and I think are important for moving forward listeners. So number one, you, you got to a point, you were pursuing your passion, but you got to a point where you really had to evolve the business. You just couldn't be the one man shop anymore. And so mm-hmm. you were able to delegate. Now, was it hard for you to let go of some of that and trust that, uh, hey, I've got people who've got my back. They, they got this. I know that can be a little bit of a hard transition sometimes. Absolutely, absolutely. And there are some still some difficulties, especially in this industry where ethics aren't, you know, I, I hate to say this, but ethics isn't really something that's, um, you know, a, a large integral pillar of our community. Like I emphasize it as being very integral with, with my business. Um, but trusting someone, it takes some time, obviously. And, you know, it's still a, always a work in progress. Um you know, and then outsourcing just more of the tech stuff instead of trying to do it in house. For a while, it was like, hey, you know, we just get some intern, you know, get some computer programmer. But I, I realized that it's better to pay for professional Absolutely. service. And that's the other big takeaway, JT. I mean, both in the clients you work with and in the services that you're delegating to is that, I mean, it's this mindset of, right, that if you're if you're pricing it, pricing is so important. And I think so mm-hmm. many people who become coaches or consultants undercut their own value and they're not attracting the right clients. I know I've had that in my own experience, but I think that's a really important lesson is that you're providing value. You have the proof of concept. You have all these great reviews. So obviously there's value in what you're providing and the price needs to match that. And that's where you start to attract, like you said, the more clients who are more invested in working on themselves in affecting that change. And also it, it also helps you with your time management, which I think is also a great uh, sort of ancillary benefit for you. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, just helping my students, like I, we just recently put out this documentary um, where one of my coaches that I had trained up, he got married and he asked me to officiate his wedding. Oh, wow. So we, we filmed that and just having that, like I said, like someone that I had taught as a student who sort of grew up before my eyes and then helped me as part of my team members and then him deciding to get married and retire and then, you know, me presiding over his wedding, just seeing that, it's very rewarding. And also, like I said, it it informs our company and has has evolved us like away from, you know, any sort of more of the manipulative type of elements of our industry. Well, JT, are you ready for the knowledge burst session? Sure, sure. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to switch it up just a little bit. And I've started doing this with some of our guests, and I'd like to do this with you. So these are just basically three short answer questions, tips and pieces of advice, knowledge bursts, as I like to call them, that our listeners can start using to move forward. So, JT, I'm going to ask you. So if you were to give someone advice right here, imagine we've got moving forward listeners right in the room with us. What is the one thing that you think they really need to know about starting at this very minute when it comes to developing a mindset of confidence, whether it's in a social situation or in a business setting? The enemy of being good is trying to be perfect. Uh, I think there was this quote by the LinkedIn founder where if, you know, by the time you put out your most perfect product, it's too late to launch. Yeah. Right. Whether it's going to talk to a girl or launching your website or launching your product, make it decent enough, launch it and then put out, you know, you know, uh, version 2.0 or version 3.0. 
right? Because if you tr- always trying to make it perfect, all you're doing is delaying it. Also, it's it's slowing the evolution of your own learning and slowing the evolution of your product itself. Yeah, absolutely. right. And, you know, I always fall in the pro- that problem too. Raising being raised in an Asian household where you know there's that metric of you got to get like perfect days in in life and in the soft skills and in being an entrepreneur there are no perfect scores there is nothing that can ever be perfect so i think it's much more important to go out do a good job but don't try to be the best at it you know and then evolve it from there i always say perfection is simply an excuse not to do it at all jt what do you think is the most important skill for starting a coaching business Important skill. Wow, shoot. I don't know if there's just one. There are so many. How about your top uh, three? Top three. Um, you obviously have to know the the product that you're coaching. In our case, you know, pickup and dating. Because um, there are a lot of sort of like scam artists that are in our industry. Uh, so you have to be aware of that. There's the ability to, to coach, right? Because just knowing your product does not mean that you're able to coach. Right. And I see a lot of guys in our industry where just because it works for them, they think it works for someone else. And this is where I have developed you know, uh, such a niche that I've dominated is when I learned from Mystery, he's a six-foot-tall, decent-looking white guy, right? And I was able to learn some really great stuff from him. But I'm a five-foot-five, very average-looking Asian guy, and simply because it works for one person doesn't mean it works for another. So I've had to learn how to um, put myself in other people's shoes because I do teach like white guys and black guys as well as Asian guys. So I've learned how to teach better, right? Simply knowing the product isn't good enough. You have to understand how to teach somebody because someone will absorb information differently. Yeah. Right. And then third is like marketing, self-marketing. You always have to have like your marketing antenna out there because you could have a great product, you could be a great teacher, but people might not know you at all, right? And in your service, you know, as important as it can be, if you're not selling it at a certain point, you know, the revenue is going to be there and you would quit. And if you have something that's incredible and that helps people, then, you know, it, it deserves to be out there and you need, you know, you need your business to be successful. So you have to think about how to market yourself in a very more professional business environment. Cause that's what I was, like I was saying, my transition, my pivot was learning to professionalize my service instead of just in, you know, having it as a passion. And JT, do you have a book resource? It could be a media resource or a cultural experience that you want to share with our listeners that helped you bring out your best self and move forward? Well, I think from a, a business point of view, um, I found like Tim, you know, Tim Ferriss's four hour work week yep. uh, to be pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, and more so much the fact that it emphasized outsourcing so much where you could hire people to do all the sort of nitty-gritty stuff that you don't need to do. So that's what I try to do. I try to concentrate on the things that will drive my business forward and outsource what, whether it's web maintenance or kind of any of the smaller stuff. And you don't have to deal with it. So whether it's Fiverr or... Elance, well, Elance is now, what is it, Upwork? Yep. Yeah. That's a great one, yeah. 
So I'll, I'll use all these outsourcing and I will concentrate on the actual business of coaching instead of trying to be good at everything and being a master of none. So you can focus on the 10,000 foot view and you're not getting your time bogged down by all the other moving parts of the machine. I think that's really fantastic. Mm -hmm. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. JT, we've got listeners from many different backgrounds, many different parts of the world, and some of whom are struggling. They may be struggling in their dating life. They may be struggling in their career or maybe even both. So what is the one thing that Moving Forward listeners can start doing today to bring them closer, to realign themselves to their passion, to their purpose, or maybe find the niche for their business? Well, one thing I'll do when I wake up, and sometimes you feel overwhelmed by the list of tasks or uh, the list of skills that you need to undertake, uh, whether it's for your business or your, your personal life. You know, when I teach students, you know, I give them everything in the kitchen sink and, and the boot camp. It seems so overwhelming, like all the things that we taught them and they have to continue. So I just tell them, choose three things, right? Three things that you can work on today to make instant changes. It's like triage. You know how doctors triage those who are likely to survive and less likely and so on and so forth. Choose the things that you can do right now. And knock out those three. And when those three are done, go to the next three. Because not only are you getting tasks done that you might not otherwise if you're multitasking, but also it feels good to sort of yeah. ring that cash register to say, I got this done. As opposed to, you know, I read a study where the more you multitask, unless you're a very, you know, distinct personality type, the more you multitask, the less likely you, you are to actually get things done. Because you're juggling so many things. So I say just choose three, whether it's in part of your business or trying to you know, set up your dating and social life and work on those three and then knock them out and move on uh, down the ladder. Moving forward, listeners, start looking at what you're stuck in right now. Maybe it's your life. Maybe it's your social life. Maybe it's your career. Maybe it's your business. And I, I like what JT said, you know, take three things, pick those top three things, the three things that you can just knock out right away. And yeah. remember, we all get that endorphin rush when we can cross things off lists. So start doing that and start yeah. moving forward. That's and, I, nice. I, yeah. and I wouldn't choose like the big ones because sometimes people will self-sabotage themselves yeah. by saying, you know, I'm, you know, Hypothetically, I'm going to marry like a perfect supermodel <laughs> girl. I mean, you know, that's a great goal, but there's all these little smaller steps in between, you know. So trying to make that big goal is sometimes a form of self-sabotage. Like yeah. knock out the three instantly that you can do within a day. Yeah, I think that's I think that's really good advice. JT, what is next for you? Well, I run, you know, a year-long uh, city tour in all the, the major cities from Los Angeles to San Francisco to New York and some of the cities in between, as well as international like London and Australia. Uh, these are three-day live training boot camps. We're also launching a seven-day immersion program 
in Vegas. Oh, wow. Uh, this will be around Halloween, where graduation night will be Halloween in Vegas. And this is every day is a different, completely different skill set, where it's whether it's conversation to fashion to the actual going on date skills to, you know, there's going to be a segment on like manly skills, like, you know, how to, how to cook, how to change a tire, you know, exercise at the gym is just sort of these life skills that hopefully a man can use and be part of his life. Uh, because so many of my clientele or again, they're very educated head in the cloud kind of, you know, guys, but don't really know the everyday skill sets of how to just be a man, so to speak. Okay. And that'll, that's going to be in Vegas. And um, you're going to check our website, uh, ABCs of Attraction. And we have tours and we have like these more in-depth training programs. And JT, how can our listeners connect with you and learn more about your work? Our website is www.abcsofattraction.com, abcsofattraction.com. Um, they can call toll-free at 1-888-689-4263 or just email us at uh, support at abcofattraction.com. And we'll have all of that posted on our website. JT, I want to thank you so much for joining us today, for sharing your journey, your insights, and your knowledge bursts so that our listeners can move forward. Thank you so much for having me, John. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Moving forward, listeners, I think what's interesting about JT's story is where he started. He was a rocket scientist. You probably never would have guessed that. I never would have guessed that. And I thought that was really interesting. He spent a lot of time studying. He spent a lot of time in school to get there. But as you heard from his story, he wasn't very good in his personal life. He had wasn't very good in dating and relationships. So he decided to focus on that area. He decided to improve himself. He started out with pickup artist materials, which for some of you that may have a a negative connotation. For some of you that might have a positive connotation. It was a starting point. He was able to develop confidence. He was able to develop better interpersonal skills. He was able to improve his dating life. But you also heard how that spilled over into his professional life. He wasn't progressing the way he thought he would be just by working hard and studying alone. I mean, those are very important, not to be discounted, but there was more that needed to be done. And I think he came to the realization, as so many of us do, that working in the corporate world wasn't necessarily going to get him to where he wanted to go. So he left, and what was interesting was that he took what he had learned and he was able to help others. And the, the point of this moving forward, listeners, is that life doesn't really fit into neat little compartments. A lot of what we need to work on in our personal life will impact other areas. And that includes our careers. That includes our business. That includes many different aspects of our life. Keep that in mind that your different areas really do spill over to one another. And to learn more about JT and all of our extraordinary guests, check us out at bemovingforward.com. Follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter, and have a great week. Join us next Tuesday, and remember, always be moving forward. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.